Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is TalkSport Daily. Hello and welcome to another Andy Goldstein's TalkSport Daily podcast with me, your now well host, Andy Goldstein. Yes, some of you may have noticed that it wasn't me actually doing the links on yesterday's. That was Danny Kelly. Thanks, Danny, for that. I was ill. No point worrying about me. I'm absolutely fine now. If someone else had what I had, they'd probably be in intensive care. But I'm okay. And all you need to know is the words chocolate milkshake. That's it. We'll move on. You understand. And if you don't, it doesn't matter. Let's start with Jim White, Natalie Sawyer, Jermaine Pennant, and they had Sean Dyche with them. Or as some of you may refer to this show as the White, Sawyer, Pennant and Dyche show. And they were talking about diving. And Hudson Adoy on Saturday with Ian Danton. Well, I suppose the show now is now the White Sawyer Pennant Dyche Hudson Adoy Danta show. Or words to that effect. Hudson Adoy going in field, gets a 1 2, gets it back from Mason Mount, goes down. Penalty given. Yeah. The Burnley players protest to Michael Oliver, but the referee has awarded the penalty. Whether VAR has something to say about that, I don't know. Or well, the VAR has decided no penalty and he's booked Hudson Adoy for diving. Just to clear up, um, I often, when I mention it, they bring, they bring my name towards one player. In this case, it was Hudson Adoy. Nothing to do with him, by the way. Fantastic young talent. I'm sure he's got a great career in front of him. More to do with Chelsea beating us because they were too strong for us and Frank's doing a great job. Behind that, it's more about the bigger picture of the game, you know, what's going on in the game. Yeah. We get told to respect everything and everyone, but the powers that be, certain players at certain times are not respecting the actual game and what it stands for. What do you tell your players at Burnley, Sean? Is this something that you drive home on a regular basis? No, not really. I don't have to tell them. The, the culture and the environment that we hopefully set for them is just doing things right. Play hard, play play fair, and also, by the way, play clever. We're not talking about gamesmanship and, you know, cleverness of players. That's been there forever, Jim. You know that. You know, players, I was a centre-half and not a very good one, but if a centre-forward runs past me and I clip his ankles and he goes down, that's my fault. I accept that. We're not talking about cleverness of gamesmanship. We're talking about blatant diving. We're talking about people who are getting no contact at all. Or the one that's creeped into the game that's probably worse is when they get touched on the shoulder and somehow their legs buckle. These are highly powered Highly athletic players with amazing proprioception. Their balance is incredible. And yet, somehow, they seem to be going to ground all over the place all the time with minimal touch. And I just think it's unacceptable. And no one really wants to take it on. I seem to be a lone, lone voice uh, in this. But hopefully, by bringing more education towards it and more of a view on it, people will start listening and, and will try and get rid of it. Sure. But presumably, in your view, certainly in mine, they do it because they know the worst they're going to get is a yellow. 
Well, that's the bit that I was flummoxed with in the Premier League meeting this year, and I brought it up on Saturday after the game. We were told there was an incident, they showed us an incident, so I said uh, to the pals that be there, I said, well, what's the worst that can happen in that incident? And they said, yellow card. And I said, well, that's ridiculous, because that gives everyone a fresh shot. You know, in the, I mean, it's an extreme view, but the Australians, when they, when they were tampering with the ball, they didn't just throw them another ball and say, go on, then have another go. There was uproar. You know, it was a, it's an extreme moment, but you understand the train of thought. So why in football are you allowed to dive? The worst you can get is a yellow card. What are you going to do? You'd be doing it all the time. So you think, well, that's not so bad. I'll take a yellow card at the chance that I might get a penalty. Yes. And presumably, Sean, in your view, they're doing it because they know they'll get away with it and they'll stay on the pitch. Well, I, I think they, they, there must be a reason why, because there's no, it's quite evident. It's not like we can't see it. It's not like fans can't see it happening. So there must be a reason why they're doing it, must there? It's an outcome. Why would they do it if it wasn't for the outcome? The outcome is to break the game, get a free kick, get a, get a penalty, whatever it may be. And, and to go alongside that, I think the even worse one, and I think every fan must not enjoy this one, is the feigning of injuries and stuff. I mean, that is, no one connects at that, surely. Yeah. You know, the idea that someone touches someone on their face and they're suddenly down as if, you know, like the head's been knocked off. I don't think that, I think that's totally unacceptable. I hope that every fan would agree with that. Now, the press box with Danny Kelly. There's a lot of people involved in these shows. Simon Jordan, Neil Ashton and Alison Rudd. Talking about Ruddy VAR. Well, she wasn't. Well, no, she was actually, so it works. How high up the hierarchy of things that are important do you put getting the decisions right? As long as they're, no, not that, well, as long as they're done honestly and you're trained to know what you're seeing, that's the right, that's the bit that's important, is the integrity of the people doing it. If, if, I, there's, a, if there's a half an inch offside yeah. or a half, half an inch, maybe he trod on his toe, yeah. I don't care. Um, sp- spoken, spoken as a supporter of one of the teams who, who the, the big six have tended to get. I, I've been embarrassed sometimes at White Hart Lane. I can remember a dive by Alan Hutton, um, which got a, which got a win over Wolverhampton Wanderers. I, I left the ground biting my lip. How many more times are we going to see this where the teams who are not as fashionable just get some decision against them that changes the game? But I told you I wasn't going to have, have a go. I'm not. So I take. I mean, I understand. You think that the flow and integrity of the game is more important than getting just getting decisions right. Maybe I become a pedant about it. I don't know. Have we reached the point, Alison, with a 360 degree, 24 hour a day, seven day a week scrutiny that is so so scrutinised on refereeing decisions and the pressure that was building on referees and that the referees were getting you know abused and 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 and. and castigated left, right and centre and were deemed to be not fit for purpose. Hadn't we reached that point with the skies of the world that are now driving and funding our football that the, the, the we can't unring a bell, that technology had to come in and in some way it's the use of technology which is at fault now rather than the technology itself because ultimately we're putting our referees in such an invidious position because the game has changed, the pace of the game has changed, the ideals behind the game have changed and the scrutiny of the game has now reached a point where it's almost beyond the pale of anything that you can see in life because you're micromanaging every single situation. Doesn't it make a referee's job virtually impossible if he's, unless he's given some proper support? Yeah, but sometimes the only person that knows the truth is the referee. The Callum Hudson-Odoi incident, for example, it's divided people, right? Mm-hmm. So, yes, there yeah. is, so what is the truth? We'll never know mm-hmm. the truth. If, if you can watch 20 different replays and we're still, still discussing it, the person who knows what was going on more closely likely to know is the is the referee who is aware of the pace of the game 
the attitude of the players, sure. the mood of the game, what point sure. in the game it is, the Depends body the language. Yep. I would rather trust that person that close to the, the entire mood of the match than someone watching it in slow-mo, who isn't magic, by the way. They're just another human being who happens to have a referee. But the red card for Southampton was a blatant red card and the referee had missed it. So when Ryan Bertrand makes that challenge, which was a blatant red card and the referees missed it, how do you odds that? The referee's got the temperature of the game, he knows the dynamic of the players, he sees the players rolling around on the floor. How do we pick that dynamic dynamic up and say, well, actually, VR has interceded in something that it needed to intercede in? Well, first of all, his assistant should, sure. should be well, watching other things error, that are yeah. off the ball. Yeah. Secondly, I don't agree it was a red card. I thought it okay. was a yellow. Wow. I mean, well, okay. did, you see, did you see the conditions? He was. It was reckless. It was not dangerous. But this is so interesting, Alison, because you and I have watched, I suppose, a million games of football now between us. At least, and yeah, and uh, I mean, I think the exact opposite. I think the referees should have nothing to do with the temperature of the game and the players and all the rest of it. They should be right. making logical decisions based on the laws of the game. Now, of course, they've got another problem here with the introduction of VAR. Clear the laws. Um, need to be rewritten because they're not up to snuff. We had That's exactly right. the same problem That's with the right. NFL when they first brought I, in. I, you know, I just wonder this weekend whether the, the tone was set for overturning decisions on Friday. I think night. you're absolutely right. Neil. So we have a game in isolation that everybody watches. So in every every and it was a mad game and all. Not that, saying yeah. every player watches it, but most of the officials, wherever they are, the night before the game, what else are they going to be doing? Yeah, you sit down to watch Southampton against Leicester. The tone was set. That why aren't decisions being overturned this season? There'd only been yeah. twenty. That's right. Really, one number, yeah. so far. Yeah. Everyone sits down to watch Friday Night Football and all of a sudden we see, oh, we can overturn the decision yeah. and it's this one. This is a big, because that was a big call, but Alison says that's a, ye- that's a yellow, dealt with mm. at the time. And actually VAR says, no, 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 that's a straight red card. Ryan Bertrand sent off unless they go on to win 9-0. Um, n- and then after that, of course, you see a succession. I mean, two yesterday. Yeah. They sent... Okay, there was four. Ga- actually, no, was I, four I agree with you. I think he's right. right. But I do wonder whether whether a tone was People set. get the courage of someone else's convictions. Yeah. Interesting one here because uh, Andy Jacobs had to be removed from the Hawksby and Jacobs studio and replaced by Charlie Baker. That's because, of course, their guest was John Motson, and for legal reasons, the three of them aren't allowed in the same studio at the same time without a nurse, and we didn't have one here in the building, so Andy had to wait in the corridor while this interview took place. Have a listen. I was talking to a couple of chairmen and fairly sort of owner-type figures over the weekend, and I think Mike Riley's in for a bit of a, a kind of a, a war game here against, against the clubs because they can't understand why he hasn't allowed, encouraged referees to go to the monitor on the side of the pitch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he says in his reasons why that it, it, it means too long will elapse between the time of the, of the action... Well, there was a four-minute delay at Manchester City on Saturday. Yeah. Well, it can't be any worse than that. Now, I think we're getting to the stage now where something's got to be done fairly radically. The most radical thing they could do, and I don't think they will, is shut Stockley Park down. (laughs) (laughs) Just unlock the place I'm absolutely serious. Wow. So take away the video assistant referee, but say to the referee who is in charge of the game, look, you've got your own view which you have to give it when you first give the decision. You've got two assistants, you've got a fourth official who's a top-class referee, and you've got a monitor on the side of the pitch. 
Yeah. I mean, do we need somebody 100 miles away to, to, to over, overturn the decision? No, it's a very good point. Anyway, that's that, my view. That's unlikely, the, John, isn't it? Unlikely. Yeah. The, the thing that I am ang- ang- angry about is what this is doing to the spectator inside the stadium. Mm-hmm. I mean, forget the self-interest of the clubs for a minute, because this is where this came from. But the, the fans are paying good money to watch a game, hopefully without any decisions being overturned, but left in the dark completely when when the screen... Go, well, the screen doesn't go up at Liverpool and no. Manchester United hadn't got one, which is another issue. But when the screen goes up on the other grounds in the Premier League, it just says video review. Yeah. And the fans are left wondering, well, what about... What was the incident? They, they can't replay it themselves. You're listening to TalkSport Daily. 1 size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. On now to the Alan Brazil Sports Breakfast Show with, of course, no Alan Brazil. Laura Woods had to do her best impression of him, which is not something you want to ask a lady to do. And alongside Laura was Darren Bent. This is them two with Mike Tyndall talking about England's glorious win at the weekend. Not football, obviously, we don't have glorious wins in that. I am talking, of course, about egg chasing. I think it was the best England performance at a World Cup uh, that's ever been. Um, the boys were just unbelievable uh, the the pace the power the variation um and the amount of players to have sort of fully world class games all at the same time it was it was actually a pleasure to watch what are you putting this down to mike why is it that they've come together and all clicked at the right moment at the right time look i, I think it's been i think we've seen we've seen it in bits before we saw it in the island warm up game uh, the wales warm up game island away in the six nations of how good they can be um, uh, the challenge was is whether they could do it on that biggest of stages against the biggest of op- uh, opposition. And um, my worry in the week was we'd been quite conservative through the the World Cup in terms of doing what we needed to do, do to to win games and win comfortably and fully in control. And against New Zealand, I always thought we were going to have to have to show a little bit more in terms of, well, actually, you know, a few more balls and actually have a go at them and take the game to them rather than sort of try and 
uh, pinned them back with a te- territory game. And, and to be fair, they came out one minute 35, uh, a cracking try that went 60 metres down the field. And, and that sort of set the tone of where they wanted to be. And they made a team uh, that had made the week before made Ireland look very, very average and England did the same to them. And I think, you know, anyone who was there or anyone who'd watched would have thought that, you know, the scoreline flattered New Zealand a little bit because England were that good. Mike, you've faced a fair few hackers in your time. What did you make of the way that the boys lined up in that V formation against the hacker on Saturday? When I first watched it, I was like, "Mm, I'm not sure about this. But then it sort of, you know, I didn't mind it. We've seen things over the past um, that people have tried that haven't worked. Um, I quite liked it. I talked to a guy called Ali, Ali Williams who played for the All Blacks. He liked it because with the hacker, you know, it's an arrow sort of arrow formation so they can stare at you. Whereas if you have the, the nearest points quite wide, he was saying it's quite hard for them because there's nothing for them to look at. <laughs> it's, they've all got to turn their heads to, cause, because they can't turn their bodies because then that doesn't work yeah. with the formation of the hacker. So whether that was something that they talked about, I think both... I think we over our oppositions of that hacker. I sort of overthink it a little bit, but you know it'll go down as one to win because because mm-hmm. it ended up uh, the boys turned out one heck of a performance. But did that affect the anything? I'm not I'm not entirely sure it did. Staying with the Alan Brazil Sports Breakfast Show without Alan Brazil on the Sports Breakfast Show with Laura Woods in for Alan Brazil on the Alan Brazil Sports Breakfast Show and Nigel Winterburn was talking about Granite Xhaka saying he needs to be stripped of the captaincy straight away. And then Darren Bent waded in as well, saying Xhaka finished Arsenal just for slowly walking off a pitch and cupping his ears. Remember that? Cupping his ears and slowly walking. Unai Emery needs to take him out of the firing line in terms yeah. of the captaincy. He's got five captains. He could easily do that. I mean, if he backs Granite Xhaka, he's going to realise what supporting Arsenal Football Club is all about because those supporters don't agree with him and they and they obviously don't with the Jacker as the captain at the moment. He's you know, he's the manager himself is gonna come under increasing uh, pressure. He's gotta deal with it very, very quickly. He hasn't gotta let this linger on. He's gotta deal he's gotta deal with it today or tomorrow. Get the statement out, what's happening, uh, and we can all move on very, very quickly. He's the captain. Now, obviously, when you're the captain, you're at the forefront of everything. Everything that's good, everything that's bad. If you're going to get criticism, if the team's not playing well, people are going to look at you first. Your teammates on the pitch are going to look at you. Once you do that, and you obviously you tell the fans to, to f off practically, and you wave your hands up, and then you take the shot off, and then go straight down the tunnel. For me, that's it at, at the club. When you come with that reaction, I just think straight away that you're, you're, you're half kind of just giving in. A reminder that Liverpool against Arsenal will be from 6 p.m on Wednesday, which is for a place in the last eight of the Carabao Cup. That will be live on TalkSport 2. And staying with the subject of captains, which we sort of did, this is Darren Bent picking his best ever stripper, skipper, that he played under. My mistake. The biggest one for me, on personal, was probably Matt Holland. No, for me, he, really? Yeah, he, he Talk was. Sport yeah, he, he was brilliant. <laughs> um, I mean, obviously, I got into the town team really young. I uh, was playing an awful lot of games, but he was just that one who just always always talking to me, giving me encouragement. And then even on the pitch, sometimes when his own performance wasn't great, because he put in that much effort, the fans absolutely loved him for it. Now there'd be times where he'd give the ball away or he'd misplace passes, and he, he would he wouldn't be in the game. He wouldn't really be bringing much to it. But when he started putting tackles in and running around and, and still trying to do the things right, the fans really respected him for it and they loved him. I mean, they never turned on him because he always put that effort in. Now when you mix that with his actual ability that he had. 
on the pitch, which is some of the goals he scored, his passing, he was he was undroppable. So you know what I mean? So usually when players when players go out of form, sometimes they do get dropped because they think, well, he's not bringing anything. But because he was always doing something and he was a link between the manager, the players, he always got the best out of the players on the pitch. And not only that, the youngsters as well in the academy and the youth systems, mm. he knew all of them by name because he took the time to go and speak to them. So when they did eventually get promoted into the first team, he knew about them already. So then that, me as a youngster, coming through and he's already talking to me about what I did last season and now I'm with the first team, mate, that, that trust me, that, that helps a lot. There you go, Darren Bent. Although I personally like to hear the time he went to Spearmint Rhinos. Didn't happen. Might have done. He's a footballer. Anyway, moving on quickly. This is the best bits from Drive Now, of course, hosted by the ginger fella and the excellent cricketer alongside him. Yes, that's right. This is Ed Sheeran with Ian Botham. Let's start with Spurs. Um, a couple of questions here. First of all, on Deli Alley, I don't know if uh, how many of you saw the uh, Sky uh, post-match analysis, and they really tore Deli Alley apart. I mean, they they took him apart. Well, everybody has been really for the last twelve months. Would if you longer, say? Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah, but I think that I, I I first thought, hang on a minute, this is going too far. When Gary Neville himself said, I'm, I think he's man enough to take it. Those were the words he used. And I thought to myself, hang on a minute, does that mean that you're feeling like it's a bit harsh? Does that mean that he will be sensitive to it? Do you think this criticism won't hurt him? At 23 years old, and I don't think he's played well. I'm not defending that. I don't think his form is particularly great. But he's playing under a manager who said, well, I'm going to go if we won the Champions League. So does he really want to be there? He's playing with players who don't want to be there and aren't going to be there in less than 12 months' time. He's basically playing in a team so fragmented and disenchanted and disinterested that it cannot help the player who is still experienced but only 23. Yeah, I'll say it again about Delhi. I think his form has suffered and and it is sad to watch because I've seen him since we were a kid putting in some big performances from being 16 years old. So the talent's there. He went to Tottenham, he showed what talent he's got. He had that... Um, he basically gave him responsibility to be the man behind Kane, getting on, running in those late into the box to get on the, on the end of the balls like Sterling's doing now for Manchester City. But I think... Son was an impact player then. He coming off the bench mainly, wasn't he? Mm. Now Son's become one of the main players, and Delhi's almost like took a backward step and let Son do the role he was doing, getting onto the end of these crosses or you know what I mean, getting into goal scoring situations. And Delhi's kind of wondering what role he's got in the side. And they've been switching it around with Ericsson and, and Ali. And and you're right, all these players going out of contract. There's got to be some of that going on at Tottenham where it's affecting, whether it's affecting him as an individual. You can also criticise Delis, but what Roy Keane said, a lot of the stuff he said, he's a, he has. Because he's a marketable, he's a good-looking lad, you know what I mean? He wears clothes well. And I think that has possibly been a problem where he got blindsided. You know what I mean by that? He's, things come his way, contracts come his way, and appearances come your way, because you have to do appearances when you sign contracts with companies. Yep. And he's just took his eye off the ball. And if you take your eye off the ball at the highest level... For a fraction, someone overtakes you. And okay. that's what's happened. I understand what he was saying. And the words used by Roy Keane were he's he, he he's become some sort of male model. I thought that was harsh. Because you know, you know. The, it's when you're, marketable. When you're it's, a top sports, when yeah. you do get these things come your way, what's he meant to do? Turn every single one of them down. There are loads of players in the past. David Beckham took on contracts yeah. left, right and centre. Did it stop being him being a complete winner? A club level, wherever he went. Yeah, but every but no, I agree with you totally. But so it, it affects individuals differently. Ed, some people can just take it in the stride; it'll never interfere with their form. 
it might not be intentionally. I'm not saying, oh, well, I'd rather do the contract appearance than, than train for Tottenham and put an extra hour in. He's probably still doing that, but it might just be affecting him. It's too much. You have to work it out yourself. He's still a young kid. Remember, he was at MK Duns. Suddenly, he's at Tottenham. He's at Tottenham and he's a superstar. Mm. Doing these TV shows, signing fashion label contracts and all that. Going on social media and, and becoming a superstar on social media. Everybody loves him. But now he's form suffering. He's got to find a way to get back his form. And finally, we end off the uh, award-winning podcast, soon to be, with the best bits of the sports bar, which I have to say, even though I am recording this at 31 minutes past nine on the night before it's actually gone out, I can tell you now, it was what some people call a humdinger. Have a listen. The Sports Bar on Talk Sport. Straight up plays the wrong opener. You hear that? The wrong opener from Josh. The wrong opener. Just said in my ear, I've had a lot of issues with the desk. There you have. You've just, you just sat down. Line number one from Josh. There you go. Do you want to start the show? Do you want to start the show correctly or not? Start again. Unbelievable. First one of the week as well. On DAB Digital Radio and 1089 and 1053 AM, the sports bar on Talk Sport. All right, fans, here we go with the main event of the evening. That's better. Hello, my friends. Happy Monday. Welcome to another Andy Goldstein Sports Bar with me, Andy Goldstein. Over there, the fun boy, the duck lover. Oh, I've got a new Rolex. It's Jason Cundy. Has anyone seen Granite Xhaka? Well, that's it for another humding, I told you it's a good one, of a podcast. The Andy Goldstein Talksport Daily returns, of course, at the same time tomorrow for more of the same, although it will be completely different. Otherwise, what's the point? You might as well just download this one again. Anyway, thank you for listening. A reminder that from 10pm on Talksport tonight, the Andy Goldstein Sports Bar will take your calls after a busy night of Carabao Cup action. No point naming the teams. If yours is playing, you know. And if yours isn't, you don't care. But you'll still tune in anyway, won't you? Anyway, let me know what you think of the podcast. You can tweet me, AndyGosin05. Or follow me on Insta, AndyGosin05. And then let me know on there. Any changes you're not happy with, I'll read them all. And then I'll take no notice whatsoever. Because I can. Anyway, thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. Be safe, everyone. Be safe. That was a podcast from TalkSport.